Welcome back, Padawans, to another episode of the Wannabe Jedi Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Josh. And joining us today is a returning guest of the show, Alberto from the Radio Rebellion Podcast. Thank you. Say hi to everyone yeah, out there. Thanks. Thanks for you guys having me having me back. I guess it wasn't too bad that first time. So we had a lot of fun <laughs> talking about Dryden Boss that a few months ago. And glad to be here. Keep talking with you with the Padawans. Yeah, I need I needed you back because Josh doesn't support the love of Solo. Oh, I know. I I, I was gonna say something, <laughs> but we we were waiting. But I didn't want to bring it up. I know he had, he wasn't too happy with our <laughs> with our Solo talk. But we'll get him on our side one one of so, these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I still owe you the pineapple pizza slice at next. Star Wars oh, celebration. Man. I do owe you a pineapple pizza uh, slice. I wish you had forgotten about that. I know you haven't, but <laughs> we'll see. We got. I gotta make it no. over there first. It's the other side of the country, so I'm not guaranteeing that I'll yeah. be there. But at some point, I'm sure we'll run into each other, and I'll have to. You'll force feed me one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we haven't booked our tickets yet. I don't know if we're actually gonna be able to go this year, but hopefully in one of the upcoming ones, because I believe. If, if I remember correctly, for Star Wars Celebration, that they anyone who had tickets for the 2021 could automatically forward it on for 2021. Wow, that tongue twister. Yeah. So if you had tickets in 2020, you automatically, if, if you chose to, could continue those tickets for 2021. 22, and I, I think that's what probably a lot of people yeah. are doing. Or 2022, yeah, correct. Yeah. So it might be, it might be challenging getting to a Star Wars Celebration, but... Hopefully, hopefully we can all meet up soon and I can get you that slice of pizza. <laughs> all right. We'll see what happens first. Josh turns to a solo fan or I eat that pineapple pizza. We'll see. Mm. <laughs> probably, the, prob- That's actually- probably the pineapple pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. doesn't sound good for me, but I don't know. I, even though I go everywhere and say that I don't like it, I haven't tried it. I think I said that last time. I haven't tried it, so who knows? Maybe it's a revelation. So there's, there's only there's only one place that I'll eat pineapple pizza, and that's at Blaze Pizza. Yeah. Ooh, Blaze. Really? That's very interesting. But enough of the pizza <laughs> talk. As much as I would love to talk about pizza nonstop, we are here to talk about Zeb from Rebels. His full name, Garazeb Aurelios, and he is a amazing character within Rebels. And as you know, I am a a huge Rebels fan. I, I let my wife know that we were recording Zeb today, and she was very jealous. <laughs> you, Josh, you know this because you've talked with her. You know how she says, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly what she said, 100%. <laughs> I can uh, imagine it in my, in my brain right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Alberto, what has you wanting to uh, talk about our beloved Lasat? Oh, Seb, Seb. So, Seb for me has a... Uh... Not a weird relationship, because that sounds weird, I guess. But I, I was thinking about this either this morning or yesterday, and it has a very strong correlation to my relationship with Rebels, that I watched Rebels when it came mm-hmm. out, same as everyone else, and I did enjoy the show for what it was. But I was on that side saying, oh, there were a lot of filler episodes. This shouldn't be there. I wasn't the biggest AP5 fan I wasn't a fan. I didn't like AP5 and a lot of those characters, but I did enjoy a lot of the episodes. And then I did a rewatch of the whole series late last year, early 2021. I did a whole rewatch of the series. 
And then by the end of it, I loved it. It became my favorite Star Wars TV show over Mandalorian, over Clone Wars. And then as I was going through my notes, Seb's name kept popping up as, oh, I'm really liking Seb this time, or Seb is stepping up. And I, the second time that I watched Rebels, Seb was one of those characters that really stood out to me. And the same as a lot of times we say, oh, Rebels might be a little bit underrated or it flows under the radar because people talking about animated Star Wars usually gravitate to Clone Wars and then start slowly start getting to Rebels. I think Seb is the same way when we talk about Rebels. It's always Kanan, Hera, Sabine, and all those big mm-hmm. characters. And then Seb kind of gets lost in the conversation. People love Chopper more. So I think he's... Kind of, like I said, flows under the radar, but if you start seeing his progression as a character, he's just not there as the muscle. He has a great story in Rebels, of course, a great relationship with, with Chopper, with Ezra, and then by the end of the series with, with Kalos, yeah, that I think it, we can't forget our last set. He's important for the Rebels, and he has a lot of great moments and a lot of great episodes. And I said, yeah, let's, let's talk about Seb, that purple guy. Let's talk about him for a little bit. Yeah, and I, I felt that Zeb was, yeah, like, at the beginning in the first two seasons, he was a prominent character. He had some arcs, you know, he had that, that whole arc with, with Agent Callus. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really enjoyed that, but... We just actually, my girlfriend and I just finished watching Rebels the whole all four seasons, and I felt in the last season, predominantly even in the third season, that Zeb took a back seat. He didn't have any have yeah. had, he didn't have any arcs compared to Ezra, Kanan, Hera, even Sabine, because Sabine still they had the Mandalorian when they were you know mm-hmm. freeing the the House of of Ren. So yeah, it's um. How did you feel that Zeb, you know, took a little bit of a, a backseat arc? Like, he didn't have a full arc in the later seasons. <sighs> yeah, it's hard because by the end of Rebels, that fourth season, there's so much stuff that has been... There's the culmination of, of course, the whole series, but everything happening at the end of season three with Ezra, Kenobi, Maul, we got Thrawn and all that, that they had a lot mm-hmm. to do to end the, to end the series. It was hard yeah. finding either one or two episodes that focus on Seb, but at least they mm-hmm. gave them that little ending in the epilogue, taking Kalos to Lyra San, to at least give us yeah. a little bit of payoff for that relationship that started on the other end, on, in se- season one, just hating each other, that by the end of the series, they had grown from just mutual, mutual respect to, I don't know, living together on Lyra San, or at least... Seb saying that his respect for Kalos has changed drastically, that he would take him to what's left of his own planet and his people. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a downer that he wasn't featured a little bit more prominent in season four. But I think they mm-hmm. just had the bigger picture of it's so close also to A New Hope and Rogue One. We all were thinking, oh, season four is going to end with Rogue One or the Battle of Scarif or something like that. So it's yeah. a little bit difficult finding space for Seb in this whole story where he had to wrap up at that time point in the Star Wars saga that he had to wrap up. Yeah. By the time that we get to season four of Rebels, I feel like 
Zeb also had the the maturation already take place. Like when you when you first see him, all he cares about is getting vengeance yep. on the Empire. And, and by season four, I mean his development, I think, already took place in that his storyline was able to be capped off previously. And I think that that was intentional along with the like with the callous episodes and, and starting to work with callous and really respect him. I think that that was his pinnacle like maturation point because a, as we know, callous took place, the extinguishing of all of the Lasat mm-hmm. on Lasan. So where, where the Lasat were from. And so I, I really think that that was Zeb's pinnacle is or like highest point is when he fully forgives callous yeah. Yeah, I, I like the and, and so I think that that paved the way to allow him to take that a little bit of a backseat in order to kind of allow the the story to be around the Force, Ezra, and and liberating the planet of Lothal. Yeah, yeah. He he by the end of it, he goes back to a little bit of vengeance when he's beating up on Rock when they finally catch him and he has to be stopped by Sabine. Oh. But, it's that, understandable. Yeah. It's understandable. Ruch, yes. Ruch is, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it, watching it again. Josh, tell us how you really yeah, feel. Yeah, I really don't like <laughs> Ruch. I mean, he was a menace to, <laughs> I mean, to the, the plan. And, you know, he was <laughs> he was Thrawn's kind of assassin. And I thought that Zeb did an amazing job killing <laughs> off that character. <laughs> and then that, that, that scene after he gets, you know, electrocuted and then... Zeb's like, yeah, Thrawn, you're gonna have to call him back, and he's like, oh wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, it's a little well, dark, isn't... but I, I I liked it because yeah. you know Rook was just he wouldn't die. He got thrown <laughs> off the the yeah. the when the, on the on Lothal, they got he got thrown off the platform, so on and so forth. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, he came back more times at Palpatine. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Didn't Ruck also kind of contribute to Kanan's death, if I remember correctly? Um, didn't he play? Didn't he play a role with keeping them, keeping eyes on them, so that way Kanan had to make that decision to sacrifice himself? I mean, yeah, he. I think he was the cause of Kanan. You know, his lightsaber got knocked off, and. He was the cause of that, but I mean, Governor Price was predominantly the the cause of why Kanan died, because yeah. he shot but, at the the fuel tubes or the fuel. Stuff. But it was it was Ruck keeping Kanan there, so that way, yeah, Hera and everyone could escape. So I I really think that that plays into Zeb's actions mm. against Ruck. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, he was. Well, Zeb wasn't even there at that moment. It was just it was Ezra and Sabine. When they got back after, after during the next episode, the beginning of the next episode, Zeb's like, "Oh, where's Kanan?" Mm-hmm. And you know they're all sad. Yeah, uh, Sabine yeah. threw her helmet. Ezra's crying, and Hera, of course, walks off because you know that was the love of her life. And yeah, it was it was sad, but Zeb got you know because he wasn't even there. It was just like a little bit disconnected for him to you know, feel the the right emotions. But he did end up, he was very angry. Him and Sabine went off yeah. and were wanted to blow something up, as, as they said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it does work out in the end, obviously. We kind of we kind of hinted at the end for Zeb, and, and that is that he finds his peace and, and takes Callus 
along the uh, the secret hyperspace path in order to get to Lyrasan. Could we talk about the when when Kalos was still a menace to to Zeb when he was trailing them and they had to go through you know out, out of oh yeah and he literally took his staff his bow staff and turned it into and the electrical current allowed them to go and find Lyrasan. That was like. A, a masterpiece and that was like the, i think the height of zeb's arc yeah because it was you know he there was a prophecy and he was supposedly he thought he was the warrior but he was actually the child and mm-hmm. yeah it was just it's pretty cool that they kind of it was a little early for that arc to happen because like i said he he was not uh, he didn't have many arcs later on in season three and four following yeah and see yeah. yeah so just having that a little bit early was was I don't know, a little detrimental to to the character, but or at least yeah, you know, the writing of the character, but yeah, no, it's a beautiful beautiful arc. Uh, Alberto, how do you feel about the bowcaster? Cuz I or bowcaster, the bow rifle. I have I have a certain opinion about it, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Um, I, I don't the bro, bow right, rifle. So I like it. Um I know it's one of those weapons that sometimes shows a lot of power and then why don't you just use it more often. But in all, I, I do like it a lot. It's one of those weapons that also has, like Josh was saying, some type of magical power that can connect in their journey to Lirasan. But it's a weird looking weapon like Star Wars likes doing. It's the combination bowcaster, bow staff. So I do enjoy the weapon. I don't have a big opinion about it. I Nothing against it. I do enjoy it. Real quick before you give us your thought on it. Talking about that, this search for Little Sand, which is another episode that doesn't get talked about too much. It's that music for that episode when he places the bow staff just to finish that final part of the journey. It's my favorite musical theme in all of Rebels. I think Kevin Kiner did a great job setting the mood for it, how ethereal it is, all the string instruments. It's my favorite one. Of all of Rebels, I know Kanan's death gets mentioned a lot, but Kevin Kiner, at least for myself, the musical theme that he put on that final two-minute journey to Lirasan can't be top. It's my favorite one. So at least for that part, I do understand what Josh was saying. They was a little bit early in Seb's story, maybe, to, to show us that, but just that musical piece for me just makes it extra enjoyable. Yeah. Alberto, as soon as you mentioned the musical like portion of of that journey i literally got goosebumps (laughs) because it is truly a masterpiece and i i actually think that if you take out that swelling of the music and and take take that out of the story i it and even if you just change it i think that that completely changes the mood and doesn't put that same effect across yeah, completely because that when i started again first time that i watched rebels i couldn't remember this or anything but when i watched it that second time as soon as that musical swell starts that's when i said oh my god this is just amazing and from that i wrote it down every time i talk about rebels i need to mention it and yeah if, if you change it it just completely changes the episode and becomes even more forgotten that it sometimes already is yeah exactly did you like the episode when Zeb, quote unquote, recruits Callus to 
the rebellion when they're on the moon of one of the the moons, the freezing oh. moons of Geonosis. So yes, but that's one that I would have loved if it was an actual arc, not just one episode. I think I it's agree. rushed because it's a twenty-two minute episode that they go from trying to kill each other to all right. By the end of it, you see that Kalos has a lot of thoughts in his mind about the difference between the rebellion and the empire. But if you do that, at least as a two-arc episode, giving them more time to work together and get to understand each other, would have then have a bigger payoff. Having to do it mm-hmm. in 22 minutes, yeah, it helped. Might be a little bit rushed. But give it a little bit more time to breathe, like they did with a lot of the season seven of Clone Wars, only three arcs, but each having four episodes, three or four. It lets those type of arcs and characters grow. So if they would have done that for a two-episode, it would have been a lot better. But I did enjoy the episode, and of course, everything leads to that, the final two minutes with the Rebels and the Ghost Crujos welcoming Seb and being so grateful he's alive to the Empire seeing Kalos. Okay, back to work. Did you get any information? No. Okay, get back to work. We got to do X, Y, and C. And he, ah, oh man, it's, it's completely different mindset. So you can start then seeing how Kalos' gears change. Shit. So I did enjoy the episode. Would I prefer if it was two instead of just one? Yeah. That also lead to the suspense if Zeb, like, who's going to rescue who first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, adding an extra episode. Because it could almost be like you have it be where you see both of the crews racing to identify where mm-hmm. they are. Um, I, I kind of agree with you on that. That would have been That would have been interesting to add on to it. One of my notes here for Zeb, which I didn't know about, was that following Rebels, so before we cut to the uh, Sabine voiceover Mm -hmm. during the Rebels finale, so prior to that, where we see Zeb in comics is that shortly after the mutiny of Mon Cala, Zeb is a member of the Alliance High Command and that he is actually at um, Makota base, which is like a, it's an outer rim space station in, in essence. He's seen there alongside Hera. So it, it looks like, I because I don't know if Sabine, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head right now, if Sabine follows the Rebel Alliance or if she kind of, goes back to Mandalore following the events of the liberation of, um, what's it called? Of Lothal. Thank you. I could not think of that for, to save my life right now. So I, I think it's very interesting to see how Zeb and, and Hera kind of joined with the, or stayed with the rebellion after all that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're rebels at heart. That's the whole name <laughs> of the show. <laughs> True. True, good point. Yeah, it looks like Sabine st- stays in Lothal just helping rebuild. But again, yeah. we don't know how many years yes. pass between the end of the episode and that epilogue. So she might just true. have come back to me Ahsoka there. We don't know. But That's yeah, true. it's cool to know that yeah. Seb was out there. Was he also in Endor with Rex and all those? Are they keep adding people? It it doesn't it doesn't say. Are you are you not a fan of the uh, Rex officially canon edition? No. I love Rex. Rex is my favorite clone trooper. I love him in Rebels even more when I watched it the second time. I didn't like that they said, yeah, that bearded guy, yeah, that's Rex. Go with it. Just because Filoni said it in an interview. I don't know. It 
it didn't I didn't like it. I thought clones didn't last that long. It's been going on for two hundred years now. Yeah. Again, it's a little point that doesn't affect the story. It just ah, eh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I like it. it seems like a a throwaway kind of thing. I, I the only reason why I kind of question the decision is, I mean, it's great fan service. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect the story, like you said. But I thought clones have accelerated, sure, mm-hmm. like hormones and, and bodies, and so that way they could, yeah. yeah, their genetics, so they could fight and be basically like basically be soldiers almost right away for the war. So wouldn't that mean that they? I think we talked about this actually, Josh, on our on our Rex episode. Yeah. Are you saying that you know you don't think he that would last that that, that long? like I I don't think he would last too much long longer past the the Civil War. Oh yeah, I, the Galactic Civil War. When we were talking about how Finn and Poe last episode were going to open up a cantina. <laughs> I'm like Rex, you know, he probably wouldn't last that long because I mean. Yeah, they, so they would have no competition. Time. Yeah, and they they would have no competition with the a, Rex's uh, pub. Well, oh. we know we know Kix was the last clone to to survive. I, I'm pretty sure in the comics he was he was the last clone ever to survive because he joined uh, what's the uh, one of the Crim- not Crimson Dawn. No, it is Kix. It is Kix. So Kix, yeah, Kix is the I, I forgot which which bounty hunter service he joined because he was on. They preserved him in like a, a crate, and and then he was woken up during the sequel era, and uh, was the last clone to survive. Actually, so it's uh it's sad to think about you know Rex <laughs> perishing, but you know why you got to do this to us? I we know. were having some good vibes. I know. There, Josh, you just brought it all well, the way. Well, down. you were <laughs> implying it, so don't put this all on me. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, it was all you, Josh. It was all you. <laughs> So I, one of the things that we always do when we ask or when someone joins the show is we ask what their favorite moment is for a character. Right. Alberto, I think you kind of hinted at it, but why don't you let everyone know what your favorite moment is of All right. Zen. So I, men- I got a few. So I mentioned the journey, journey to Lira San and the music. That's going to be tops, but that's mostly the, the setting and the music. I love because, again, Seb is this big character is always there when someone needs to be beaten up. So I like the the more comical aspects of the character. So I do love when they're searching for the Force-sensitive force children that the Inquisitors are also looking for. And they're in this planet, and he's looking for a Force-sensitive because Ezra and Kanan are looking for the other one. And he's walking with Chopper saying, Garaseb Aurelius, honor soldier, feared rebel baby hunter so <laughs> that for me kind of <laughs> just breaks the tension so much and then finding the baby in this tie fighter and then chopper just wanted to blow it up with a baby inside and rex and seb is like no no we gotta take the baby first then we can blow it so <laughs> i do like that kind of change of the character and just his whole relationship with ezra how it just evolved so much from an episode that Ezra gets captured and Seb is like, well, thanks for, you did good, kid. Thanks for staying there. And then having to be forced to rescue him to by the end, just having that great brother-type relationship the way it ended. So I think it's just a great story arc from when we meet him to all the way to the end. But favorite moments have to be that musical theme to Lyra San and then just walking with Chopper down the street trying to find a baby and just going through his, his whole list of his repertoire of 
Honor Soldier, Fear Rebel, Baby Hunter. I like all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that we'll see Zeb again in future Star Wars <sighs> media? Um, like the Ahsoka show? or I don't think so. I would love to see him because a lot of people, every time there's a new Star Wars movie or TV show, want to see more than just a human male or human female as, a, as the lead. We want to see those aliens front and center. So it would be great to see Seb in live action or even, again, in, in an animated show. But going to Ahsoka makes a little bit of sense if we're also calling that the Rebel sequel. It'd be great, I don't know if it will be mentioned later that he was the original design for Chewbacca. So it would be great to get him kind of up front so more people have eyes on him. So I would love to see Seb again. But if we take that ending of him and Kalos in Lirasanats, he's there in peace, then I think that's a good ending for him and we might not see him again. Yeah. Man, you uh, you stole my, my fun fact that I was about to... <laughs> Yeah, I was about to Just edit, dish, edit which it out. is edit that. Edit it out and, put, and do your fun fact. <laughs> we already yeah. talked about it on the uh, the Chewbacca <laughs> episode, but in case someone didn't listen to that, it is that Zeb and uh, Lasat was the original design for mm-hmm. Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. In the original poster for yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. When, they were, when they were making the concepts for every character. Yeah, so... Yeah, again, and seeing a Lasat on the big screen on live action would be awesome. I think there were some, not rumors, but when some of the Mando season two kind of screenshots or something were out there, people were seeing some weird alien in the background thinking it was a Lassad, but it wasn't. So it'd be great to see a Lassad in live action and, of course, make it sad if he's still around. I'm kind of shocked that this is this is not really a, a Zeb thing, but talking about Lassad, I'm kind of surprised that we didn't get a Lassad in the cantina scene of episode four because they if they there was some concept concepts of it i kind of figured that they might have created a like started creating a costume for it so i'm i'm a little sad not disappointed just sad that we we haven't gotten a live action lasat yet i haven't played it but in jedi fallen order right the chaos master is a lasat yes yes he is yeah he is a lasat yeah We'll see, he's yeah, starting right. to be there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get one some someday in, in live action. Yeah, no, I think they're they're starting to use the Lasat people a little bit more in Star Wars. Yeah, that that kind of just skipped over my head, but yeah, Jaro Tapal. Jaro Tapal, yeah. And what I was gonna say is, there's an, one moment that I really like in Rebels where Zeb, you know, it's the last episode. It was it was more of a Rex arc where you know it was the end of the the Clone Wars kind of deal oh where, yeah where the the tactical droid was like yeah the, the <laughs> he you know zeb's like i'm not gonna take part in your games and then he, the, the tactical <laughs> droid's like y- you aren't because you're gonna be the prisoner because the lasat people weren't involved <laughs> they were neutral in in the clone wars so it was just a little funny and then the backlash and and how he talks to the the tactical droid and it's just it's just more of it's like I said, it's more of a Rex arc compared mm-hmm. to a Zeb arc, but Zeb does play a little bit of a joke, a, more more humor in the episode than, than anything. Yeah, Zeb also gets surprisingly more and more like. Obviously, it was hinted with the first season that he's more brawn than brains, but we really do see his tactical side 
and his like battle strategy mm-hmm. come out in the later seasons. And I, it was it was really refreshing to see that you know just because he's like this big strong character doesn't mean that he's not smart. Mm-hmm. And that in um, that moment when when Zeb learns that Callus is actually Fulcrum, Fulcrum too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good funny moment, Josh. That is, I, I know that Alberto already mentioned his favorite moments. Yeah. That is my favorite moment. Mm-hmm. Is the accidental? I guess I accidentally recruited him. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, yeah. That is that is my favorite moment. Also, and then uh, giving a little bit of a throwback to that Chewbacca design when he pretends to be a hairless hairless Wookie to go rescue some no. some mm-hmm. some Wookies prisoners. So. That's yeah, pretty that's cool. True. He was a really bad Wookiee. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. That was yeah. uh, his acting was not yeah, very good. And I, I don't think that he intended yeah. to. Yeah, he didn't want to be. That's he, he would have rather beat beat the, all the uh, the stormtroopers up than pretend to be a Wookiee. <laughs> well, Josh, yeah, I was about to say, do you want to do you want to close out with saying your favorite Zeb moment? I don't know. A lot of <laughs> a lot of the moments we've already talked about. May. It, I don't know. Yeah, maybe a little bit both of yours, but you know, let me let me try to deviate from from your both of your favorite scenes. Josh is going off script here. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. I'm just gonna maybe I don't know. One of the the moments. Ooh, well, like I said, it's towards the end of this, of this fourth season. It was more on, on Ezra. You know, going in the world between worlds, but mm-hmm. some of those moments with with Zeb and Hera and their kind of rapport between each other, something like that. I'm just going off of off of that. But like I said, the Clone Wars part where he's just like talking back to the the tactical droid is, is probably <laughs> one of my favorite scenes outside of the the two that you've mentioned. So, or two or three that you've mentioned. I I can understand that. Yeah, I I can agree with that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that about wraps up everything that we have. Alberto, is there anything else Zeb related that you uh, you want to mention? No, I th- I think we we covered most of it. Just his relationship with Chopper and all the droids when Chopper and AP Five get on his nerve. I just love seeing that. So yeah, again, Zeb, just like Rebels, sometimes gets slipped on. It should, we should pay a little bit more attention to our Lassat baby hunter Zeb. Yeah. Actually, I, I just I just remembered my favorite moment, uh, outside of like I said, outside of year two, it's not the Clone Wars one. It's when they when it's AP five and Chopper, with Zeb, going to find like they find this this the droid, yeah, the, the Imperial droid, that was doing re- you know recon for, you know finding the the rebel base and it just clicks. You know Zeb actually was very smart and even like with the help of AP5 and Chopper that they sent back the the droid to the the Imperial Star Destroyer and it ended up blowing up mm-hmm. when it connected to the <laughs> the network the Imperial network that was a, a brilliant moment mm-hmm. and even even Fulcrum aka Callus complimented complimented Zeb and and the droids on that on that thought because it, it saved saved them but uh, you know thrawn is always you know mischievous and, and and understood oh yeah it's one of these systems that you know just came back or whatever so it was it was brilliant but also a little bit there's no probably no way out of out of that thrawn finding eventually finding them so yeah definitely well i think that about wraps it up 
Alberto, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, I really appreciate it. We, we both really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Do you want to let all the Padawans know where to find you? Sure, sure. Thanks. Uh, before, again, thank you for inviting me a second time. I think I mentioned it when I came in that first time was one of the reasons I started podcasting was because I just wanted to be in, able to be in shows and talk about Star Wars and all the things that we love. So you guys were the first to invite me way back when and then to call me again to come back today to talk about Seb. Really honored. So thank you to both of you for inviting me again. Uh, Radio, yeah, Radio Rebellion Podcast. We do our live shows on YouTube every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern and then release those as podcast episodes early Monday morning, around 11 in the morning. So make sure that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Radio Rebel Pod. And recently I started also a website, RadioRebellionPodcast.wordpress.com, where I put on my reviews of the Star Wars books, links to the episodes, and just not really talk about news on the shows anymore. There's a big break in news happens. I try to review some of the news there on the website. So yeah, just Radio Rebellion Podcast, and you'll find me anywhere. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check it out. You, like like we had mentioned, you were one of the first people on the show for us. And I think you were one of our first followers, cool. too, when we got started joining all of the social media. So mm-hmm. definitely a huge shout out to you and and can't wait to see what you're all of the stuff that you're working on. Can't wait to see all that as it comes out. And we'll have to have you back on again, because I know you really want to beat Andrew from Outer Rim Reads. I know that you really want to beat him for most appearances on our show. Anytime I can beat Andrew on anything, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Josh, do you want to let all the Padawans know who we are recording or who we are talking about next week? Next week, we are talking about Padme Amidala. Yes, the Naboo Queen. There you go. <laughs> Until then, make sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at Wannabe Jedi Cast on Twitter, at Wannabe Jedi Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We can't wait to see you guys all next week for Padme. Until then, take care, everyone. May the Force be with you all. Yes, the Nabooian Queen. <laughs> <laughs>